0: they inspire people to pursue a healthy lifestyle by helping them identify their purpose, maximize their potential, accelerate their growth, and continue in the cycle. In other words, they help people IMAC their life. So, if you've got some hidden talent and you're looking for a safe place to express, own, and display your talent, shoot them an email at the Behind the Wheel show at gmail.com. If you're an entrepreneur or small business owner or know of an entrepreneur a small business owner looking to advertise in the Behind the Wheel podcast, but weren't certain as to whether or not there was a possibility, we have eliminated all the guesswork. It certainly is a reality. Who's this we you're talking about? You know it's just you. I not. we're going to go with we. We now have, we going with we? I think we're going to go with we. Let's try. We now have the ability for you to sponsor an episode. How cool is that? Your ad can run pre, mid, or post-roll. Simply visit coffee.com forward slash BTW podcast. The details will be in the show notes. That's ko-fi.com forward slash BTW podcast. And one of the cool things about coffee.com is it allows supporters of the show to buy me a cup of coffee. You all know I like coffee. So, Shout out to LaToya Shantae, Soul Inspired, Kimberly Hall, and Kim Isaiah. That's why I'm all hyped up on this coffee. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. I'm your host, Derek Oxley, and today we have a special guest. You either love her or hate her, or maybe you love to hate her. Her name is LaToya Shantae
1: Smith! I'm here. You know, like um, fake two stepping, but um, you know it's just it's all shoulders and no it's neck. All shoulders move, no neck. Yeah, I ain't, got, I ain't really got no neck. You know, I lift too much, like so all my neck be like right here. Like sometimes it be like, hey, hey how you doing? And it's like, oh hey, you know, how you can you relax, you know? relax, the neck? I hear you. just a little bit. Yeah, no, nah, I got like wings and stuff, and you know, like all this shoulder stuff coming in. I've been playing with my um, my battle ropes a little bit too much.
0: I seen <laughs> you. Doing, it, I'm like, why? Wow, what is that? I gotta, I gotta get me some battle
1: ropes. Oh man, all have things I gotta, are heavy. I gotta get into battle first. Man, I'm telling you, man, now I'm, I'm saying I'm always prepared for war, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like you do a whole, a whole lot of battling online. Oh I mean, man, man, it's it's sad, mm-hmm. man. Uh, you know, like um, for me, I've been trying to entertain um, keyboard warriors less and less. Um, 2019, they got me, got me. Yeah, you know I mean, I got they, you. they got me, got me. Like, I okay. mean, they had me. You know, a couple of times, like, they had me in my feelings. I'm like, damn, I'm like, that was kind of clever. And then, you know, there was other times where I was just like, damn, that's pretty damn low. Um, yeah. yeah. So before things.
0: before we get into it, though, yeah, I got to know. <clears throat> yeah. Pressing questions people want to know. Are you a D&D lady? Or am I a who? A and d lady, or are you a five bucks lady?
1: Oh, I mean, hold on. Now you got to break this down. I mean, am ia a D&D lady? Pumpkin Donuts. Oh, oh, hell yeah! Oh, listen. Okay. Um, I you know, get Dunkin' points. Donuts, Krispy Kreme. Um, mm. like, listen, talk dirty to me, talk like dirty. right now, like listen, like uh, this two hundred plus pounds that come out of nowhere, like mm. <laughs> I'm a chef before all this, like I mean the, the tattoo is right here on the arm, like I'm big, fat, and fabulous for a reason. Dunkin' Donuts is the way to go. Um, Dunkin' okay, Donuts, like, okay. Yeah. man. I, I, like, I literally had, I went to, um, there's a neighborhood one. He knows me real well. Like he calls me, um, he, he calls me pull up. Cause these, all he sees is me in the sports bar. Every time I come down, I look like this. He tells me mm-hmm. I walk like a linebacker and I'm just like, it's cool. I'm like, I'm the bouncer here. Um, and mm-hmm. he knows my order. I'm like, listen, um, medium iced coffee, French vanilla swirl, black liquid sugar. I got it down to a science. If I taste mm-hmm. anything off, I'm like, listen, um, I love you. I'll pay you to redo this. Because I, I know what it is to be a food service. Like it's, it is like real irritating to have that person that like has, you know can I have three creams, put the cream on the side? Can you put the sugar on the side? Can you have my this? Don't touch, don't touch. Like, ma'am, it's coffee.
0: Coffee. <laughs> put it in a cup and don't <laughs> burn yourself on the way out. Right. <laughs> so I became familiar with you through your, your uh, partner in crime, Martinez Evans.
1: Yes. I was yes. like,
0: okay, Ma-, you know, Bobby would talk and said, yeah, Yo, you got to check out my girl. I was like, yeah, okay, let me go. And then I seen she was she was also in Runnersboro. Like, oh, okay. And then, as I, you know, we reached out. I was like, she was in Lindsay Lindsay's podcast, another sip, another cup, another round, another yeah, drink, have, something. Yeah, I have another word.
1: Um Lindsay Hine, yes. Lindsay Hine, yeah. Yeah, that's one of my, that was one of my uh, heavier podcasts. Um she actually caught me at a really low time. Mm. Um, but it's, you know, when I listened to it in hindsight, I realized that was the most, one of the most vulnerable podcasts I've actually done. Okay. Well,
0: we don't, I don't want you turning
1: into Will here. Uh. Mm, no, no, no. We don't do no red table talk. Mm-mm, no, <laughs> but listen. Um, I, I say what I say when I say it. And <laughs> nobody can't punk me into a corner and say, oh, Black Twitter is going to make me confess to some stuff. Listen, I be snitching on myself. All day, every day. Like I, like people would like nobody's gonna read all that on Instagram. Guess what, boo? I got fifty thousand people that read all the paragraphs every day. Like I don't need somebody to kinda like, you know, leak me out. I'll just leak myself out. Leak yourself out. There you go. <clears throat> like So how did you get started for those people who, who don't
0: know by now?
1: Oh man. Um fitness wise, um, I got into this like a lot of people, you know, I looked at my, like, I, I, pretty much I worked in the culinary industry. Um, I, I'm a person that wear many hats, but the culinary industry is like one of my favorite um, careers that I actually picked up. One day I was in the kitchen, I was making this dirty joke because my mouth is pretty profane. Um, yeah. That has not changed over <laughs> years. And I was literally in the middle of making a your mama joke. And I was like, oh, y'all had your mama bent over like this. Problem was joke was really on me because my entire back went out. So they thinking I'm laughing and joking. They were like, oh, she's really invested in this joke. (laughs) My chef, like my sous chef, does like this to my back. I go face first into a pan of lasagna. I can't even make this up. And um, he's like, chef, are you okay?" And I'm like, it's my back. And he's like, where's the pain? And I'm like, how do I describe to someone that I have a pain that's racing from the top of my head to my anus? Um, It is very awkward when you like the culinary environment is typically male dominated. Mm-hmm. And for them, they looked at me as little sis, AKA, you know, um, like, you know, she's little sis, don't take no mess. Like they, they didn't really try anything crazy in the kitchen, but they were really concerned. I looked at it as I'm young, I'm in my twenties. You know, I'm going to bounce back. I was like, I'm going to be out of work for two weeks. And my doctor's like, um, nah, newsflash. Um, have you been going through numbness in your fingers and this, this and this? And I was like, yeah, I learned how to, you know, I'm a, I'm a right-handed girl, but I mm-hmm. learned how to use my left hand to actually start cutting things. And he's like, why didn't you come to the doctor earlier? He's like, well, your L5 and L4 are messed up. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. And he's like, well, you have a herniated disc, mm-hmm. um, you know, in two areas, which is where the pain was hitting. So it's, uh, like, it's like a rupture. Um, that's like pretty much in my spine. And it's like, it's curved a bit, um, but it causes a lot of pain. But on top of it, I have sciatica. And over the years, I started finding out about health issue at the health issue at the health issue. And like most people, plus size. Um, so the first thing my doctor was like, he's like, listen, I don't usually do this. whole, And I love him for that. He doesn't usually do that whole, well, you're plus size. So I'm going to mm-hmm. give you the talk and I'm going to diagnose and attach everything to your weight. But he's like, right now where you're at, you're not as active as you should be. And this is mm-hmm. this. And he's like, you have all these health things that's popping up you're not going to make it to 30. And the way that my brain was at, at that point, I was like, okay. And he's like, okay, what? And I'm like, I'm ready to die. You know, from the the thing that people don't understand is that I've had health issues over the years, whether I was smaller, um, medium-sized Luther, big Luther, you know, um, <laughs> I'm a hot mess, but, um, you know, I've had these health issues over a number of years. And now we're talking about it a lot in the media about how Black women go to doctors and they don't really get taken seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, Black people in general don't get taken seriously. When we go to medical professionals, they instantly label us with, oh, they're looking for narcotics or whatever. I'm personally terrified to take pills. Um, That's when he told me like, hey, you have to do a lifestyle change. It took a whole year of being out of the industry Throwing myself back into school and going to photography school during that time. Um, And I came across a lady on the internet, then I realized that she was part of an MLM, which is like a multi um, level marketing kind of thing with Beachbody. And I saw this woman, like everyday work woman, she's actually a teacher, and she was doing all these push ups. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like, she's like, she's dope. Let me take a chance and actually write this random person. And she's like, you're so open, you're closed. And I never had someone put it out there like that. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, you're an open book, but only to things that are super TMI that make you feel comfortable. You say things that are so awkward that you get to hide in plain sight. And I've mm-hmm. never had someone, especially a stranger, not even a the therapist I've been talking to for years. I've never had someone put it like that and soar through me aside from my father, which mm-hmm. by this point he, he was long gone. Like my dad passed away in 2009. Um, But yeah, you know, uh, she basically convinced me to use my platform as an accountability system. Now, I did not expect all these people to be following. It was just family members and friends who Mm -hmm. were following me over the years. And they were like, oh, yeah, you know, you can do this this, and this. So I was like, I'm going to do this weight loss journey. How many times have we heard that? I'm going to lose some weight. And I really did. I lost hundred pounds in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that when the story got picked up by Red Book magazine? Yes, that was a story that got picked up by Red Book magazine. And man, that was a trip like that. Um, and I'm sorry about the sounds of Brooklyn in the background. Like y'all just gonna have to rock out with me. But um, when it, when I look at that, like I'm looking at the, uh, the, the picture on my wall right now, I look at that picture and I remember my husband's looking at that article and he's just like, why did they reduce your shade down two sides? Like the, my shade is down two um, two shades lighter. They put me into the crease of the uh, of the book. Like I wasn't supposed to be there. And I remember so many things that now I would so seriously fall out. But I was like, I got featured. Like, am I supposed to be honored? You know, yeah. do you just kind of like shut up and dribble? You know, and that, that was the way I looked at it. Okay. But I realized how many people worshiped me, hated me for the weight loss. It was like, it's mm. that, it's that weird place. Cause I thought I would escape all the fat jokes if I lost some weight, you know, people were just doing this whole, this is before all the terminology of medical trolling, all that jargon that kind of, you know, throws people off. Um, I didn't know anything about body positivity at that point. At first people were like, yeah, you are losing that weight. Then I lost a certain amount of weight and it shows in my face. I always sun down in my face first. Mm-hmm. And, um, people were just like, um, you need to eat a sandwich. Are you <sighs> sick? Um, are you okay? You know, black girls don't need to be that small. Like you need to be thick. Like, you don't need to, like, like, are you like, what are you eating? Lettuce? You know? So then it was like, I traded off. Yo, what is that? Yo, you you can't win. And the the thing is like, when you realize when you're, especially it doesn't have, you don't have to be in a public space. Like I am, you have to come to terms that you will never, ever win with people. Like the, almost for me, like when I think about my motivational speaking, I don't speak to crowds. I speak to one. So mm-hmm. I always have that one person in mind, and I keep them as my target. It's almost like the way that you walk into a church. I'm not religious, y'all, but uh, <laughs> That's how you walk like, into the church? Yeah, like me, I probably late? burn up. I will burn. <laughs> I will burn. I will burn. I'll be late. I'll be in like somebody's um, coochie cutter outfit. With you walking blocks, late huh? with a big hat, or you? Um, yeah, are you? Oh, I'm dramatic. I'm dramatic. <laughs> like I'm be pop locking. Like what's that? <laughs> like, you know, I'll probably burn up, you know, but not like that. I mean, but the thing is, like, when you look, like, if you listen to powerful speakers, you'll notice that they almost seem like they're speaking to you. And I, for me, I, I emulate that. I, I almost emulate the way that um, comedians actually tell do storytelling. Um, and I, used to do, I do my life the same way. I don't speak to crowds. I speak to one. Now, I, I know that the crowd is there. It doesn't matter if it's 500 or if it's five people it is always about speaking to one. When you are trying to impress the world, you will fail them every time. But when you try to impress yourself, you will probably wow yourself or even shop yourself along in the process. And, you know, in 2013 to 2014, I lost all this weight and I was real close to goal weight. Like my goal weight was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to get to 100 and, you know, 150 pounds. This is this. And then I bumped it up to 165 and I started running by this point. I, ran, I started running October, 2013, first race, January 11, 2014. Cause I let somebody in black girls run to talk me into it. Um, and my first marathon was March 12, 2014. I, I'm a stickler for dates. I was going to be an accountant. You all know. um, like I said, I wore many hats. Um, and I had someone that was like, you're going to do a marathon. It was, her name is N- Ngozi Odita. She's a dope ass runner. Mm-hmm. And um I was like, I ain't doing no marathon, but because she said it is why I entertained it. Mm-hmm. While I was marathon training, um I had a friend. Um that and why are you me. doing
0: air quotes? I thought those were um, I thought those were like we, we
1: stopped doing those. We still we still do them? Mm, no, I do air quotes. I'm like, no, I like the good. little rabbit ears. Yeah, I, I, I can't go with search. Like listen, I I use hand gestures. Like people are like you, you got the super Italian gestures, like you know, like just hands everywhere, like you know, just But like, yeah, I'm gonna do jazz hands. But yeah, I do air quotes. Yeah. I'm gonna say friend. Um, and this friend who is no longer a friend, um, suggested to me, well, if you're going to be a runner, then you need to actually look the part and be the part. And I'm like, well, aren't, you know, isn't training part of it? And then like, he's like, dude, you're too fat.
0: Is that Um, why, is that why they're no longer a friend?
1: Um, no nah, it's more like I almost lost my damn life listening to that um advice because every time I was following him religiously he mm-hmm. said he was a trainer that's why I see another air quote trainer so, you, oh, see, my, my, my air quotes are suspicious you know suspicious air quotes <laughs> yeah okay. okay you know like so he told me he was a trainer and he talked me and and, I, and I, I think back and I'm like oh my god how could I have been so foolish the things that I know now but I trusted him and I, I realize there's a lot of people who trust people because they're on the internet or they trust internet. And that's why I always have my, my whole life is a disclaimer. Um, I'm like, Hey, you can follow me, but don't follow me. Um, he told me, oh, why don't you eat a 1200 calorie diet? Mm-hmm. I was running 25 to 40 miles a week plus working out. Um, because I had got out of my head about the whole, Oh, woman shouldn't look muscular. Cause it was a bunch of stereotypes that were running off in my head. Um, in April, I was trying to go to work. I was still in the culinary industry. This is before all this stuff started blowing up. Long story short, um, I went into the middle of West Fourth. Anybody that's familiar with that area in New York City? Went into the middle of West Forth. There's a long street. And in the middle of traffic, my hearing went out, my vision went out, and I completely got dizzy. And thankfully, there was this older woman that I always said hi to. I'm, I'm a weird New Yorker. I'm a New Yorker that actually talked to people. Um, <laughs> I might side eye you, but I still talk to you. And I, I really do have this whole thing of I don't care who you are. You could be homeless, you could be rich. I'm still going to talk to you the same. And thankfully, that's the thing that saved my life because this older lady knew I, it was something wrong with me. It was cold as hell. It's like 8, 10 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. I was shedding off my coat. Because I was pouring down in sweat when I got on the train. And I remember her asking me if I was all right. And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just really hot. It's like the air conditioner can't be on in here. And she's like, it's April. You know, <laughs> like, you know, I think about these things in hindsight. Like, you know, like, like, yeah, like somebody said that, like, yeah, this girl's her marbles are off. But mm-hmm. she kept watching me the entire train ride. And I realized she had got off a stop earlier. Um, and when I got to the middle of the street, this older lady like can barely lift me up like even at the time I was like about 190 200 pounds or whatever and she's trying to get me across the street and she's like man let me call the ambulance and I'm stubborn I'm like no I gotta go to work you know New York spirit you know I gotta make this Mm -hmm. money like baby I'm three I'm three blocks away from my job I was working meatball shop at the time I get always to my job and I'm in my head I'm panicking so I'm like what the hell's going on like I'm dying here Mm -hmm. um I get to the front door of the establishment I pass out My crew thought I was dead. They said my eyes rolled back and I went face first. Um, And like people just could not, they couldn't figure out for the life of me. And that's when they was like my doc the the doctor at the hospital is like not too far away. He pulled everybody out the room and he was just like, "Um, what did you do before here? And I'm running down the list. Oh, you know, I ate this and this and this. And he's like, "Um, you do understand that these are some of the things that you're listing as an eating disorder. And I said, who? And I started laughing. I'm like, you know, when you think about eating disorders, you're thinking... I hate to be, like, visual, but mm-hmm. you think about the person putting their finger down their throat, they're super skinny, most likely white, because mm-hmm. this is how the marketing is. And he's like, no, eating disorders can look like you. It can look like your reflection. And it was one of the most powerful moments that I had. And that was... What was, was on the list, yeah, Man... What people think about is they think about the they think about bulimia um, a Mm -hmm. lot, you know, where people actually, you know, they'll they'll eat something and then they throw it up. Or for me, I was restricting my caloric intake. So a lot of my issues is like it almost jumps into two categories. There are some people who are on this. I have to work out to earn my food, which was Mm -hmm. where I was at. I was like, if I didn't work out this hard, I didn't earn my food. What I didn't realize is that I wasn't attributing that, you know, you know, food is energy, which is the reason why I really embody the term running fat chef. Um, I was just so tired of people like running with this whole descriptor is terrible. Um, Mm -hmm. What I did was I reduced my calories so much like I was burning probably like I was running like a 10 minute pace at that time, 10 Mm -hmm. to 11 minute pace. I was restricting so much food. It was like I didn't eat anything for the day. So you're eating 1,200 calories, but you're burning off. On a long run, you can burn off easily 1,600 calories. Yeah. And I would feel the hunger pains, and I'm like, damn, I realized I was obsessing about food. I'm like, man, it would be great. I can't wait till I have that burger, but I only can have that. I only can have a burger with one bun. You know, what? (laughs)
0: Like, like what's the damn
1: point? (laughs) You're just putting it on... (laughs) You know, I'm going I'm to make it look real good. You know, so I was uh-huh. on a whole bunch of veggies and stuff. Don't get me wrong. I do love veggies, but I was eating more than usual. It was super clean. And some of these, these characteristics are very telling. When you see these super clean diets or people just like, oh, I can't put in any carbs. You need those carbs, man. I'm not, not going to tell anybody how to live their life. And I'm not going to run on this whole anti, you know, uh, diet culture or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can do that forever. But in my own personal journey, I realized that I was obsessing so much and ironically in the food business mm-hmm. where I have to smell this all day. I told myself when I go at work, when I have to taste food along the way to make sure that everything's fine, that was serve as a meal. When I came back to work, the entire crew knew about it and they was just like, um, yeah, we have an alarm set for you, for you to not only drink enough water, but we're going to put you on a mandatory eating break. And they... Th- those people, like for the months that I was there until, like, I ended- my son ended-, ended up getting diagnosed with um, type one diabetes that same year, mm. um, that crew became family. Okay, like they they really were the people that really kept me afloat. But I didn't take I didn't think this was going to turn into a career. Like honestly, that was like twenty fifteen when I did my first marathon, and that was in DC. Um, it didn't help that I was battling alcoholism. Um, that kind of sometimes goes hand in hand. In the industry, like, people usually um, sniff little white lines, um, mm-hmm. or sometimes they pick an alcoholic, advice, um, an alcoholic advice, or sometimes people happen to um, have Will and Jay, Jada kind of moments where they get entangled with a co-worker. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what, were you, what
0: liquor were you
1: entangled with? Was it oh, white baby. or dark liquor? Oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't care. You didn't discriminate? <laughs> like, I didn't discriminate. I I saw no color. (laughs) color. (laughs) Just clear. (laughs) It was just clear. You know, the the problem was is that I became friends with, and this is not something that's out of the ordinary either. I became friends with a bar next door and we would barter off food for alcohol. Mm -hmm. And at first it was just like, all right, you know, this is part of the vibe. You know, this is what we do. After work, we all settle down, we have our drink, shares, we made it through a crazy night. But that one drink turned into four drinks. It turned into seven drinks. And because I can hold my liquor really well, that Mm. means that you can be really well and not knowing that you're drunk. Mm. Um, My drunk-o-meter was, oh, I'm going to stand up. Oh, I guess I'm drunk. (laughs) And (laughs) like, yeah. You know, it's a nice way to deny it to yourself. So like these days, like, you know, people are like, oh, have you ever gone to AA? I'm like, no, I haven't. But I am so super mindful about how I drink that I am almost terrified. Because... You know, when it comes down to drug addiction, I'm an 80s baby. Like my, my dad was on drugs. Um, so for me, it's just more like, all right, I don't know you. So we're going to stick at this beer right here. And I'm going to have this one drink. And the moment I feel off, I literally contact my I have a like an emergency list set up like, hey, this is a weird night. Um, I need you to pick me up and get me home. And I, I think that you have to have that safe person that you have on like on hand. You know, have at least two or three people. Don't don't put that burden on one person, but just have two or three people. Like it's to the point where my husband does not like me drunk. Like it's like we're not like if I look like I'm having too many drinks. He's like, hey, party's over. Like party's he is, over. he's the he's the old <laughs> school teacher that's like, okay, wrap it up, wrap it up, students. And you know, I know it's coming from a place of love. You know, um, because my marriage was in, in shits. Mm-hmm. Um, during that time. Like, you know, we were really aggressive. Like, we were really passive aggressive. It was like, yes, no, maybe box. Um, Do you want a divorce? Yes, no, maybe box. You know, yeah. like, it, and nobody knew. Okay. Because uh, unlike Will and Jada, like, we we, we not disclosing shit. Just keep it all... <laughs> it's not, no, there ain't no, there ain't gonna be no hood table talks here. Like, you know, it's just like, you know, like, it's marriage, you know? So it was like, I was dealing with the marriage issues. It was dealing with my eating disorder. Um, I was dealing with, like, me turning into a baby drunk. And I was just like, how can I be this athlete that I was trying to be? And it's a matter of ownership. Mm -hmm. It's about a matter of you can't run away from your demons and you can't shift that narrative on everybody else. You have to take that personal responsibility. And that's when my life started to get better. I had my hiccups. I I mean, I still have my hiccups. I have Mm -hmm. my moments where I'm not, you know, I'm not that hot and not that great. Um, But yeah, I just didn't... is, I'm sorry. Is this before or after the uh, being heckled at New York City? I don't know. That was 2017. That year was crazy because I, I went into it like, oh, could I had lost my speed after. Like after 2015, it was like I did the marathons. Like I did the who was it? The Rock and Roll DC um then i did the new york city marathon for the first time and i was addicted to the new york city marathon i was like oh i'm gonna sign up for twenty thousand marathons like this was like when people were like tripping out about the whole idea that i'm doing 10 marathons this was nothing new for me this was just me graduating and being addicted to the sport and i can call it that's what i call it i think sometimes when you have a vice you trade off one vice for another Mm -hmm. and i traded off my vice as i love marathons and i don't care how slow i am didn't have that energy then my energy was I'm only signing up for races that I know I can blow out the water. You know, um, and New York City Marathon was one of those that I I looked at as, this is my city, I'm not failing it by any means necessary. But um, 2017... Um I was pregnant in 2017 and I didn't know. Um, this is around this is around the time when you get to know my podcast partner, um, Martinez Evans. Um, so he became like my mentor right along with Myrna Valeria, who is like super duper famous. I don't know how, but somehow my hair is not enough to distinguish me between Myrna. Um We all look alike. We're, we're the yes. same people. Like you're black. You're it's fat. fat. Yeah, so same person. But I'm, I'm like, I'm like, but my mouth is filthy. And she's told you. Yeah. <laughs> she's told me. Like, I'm five. Like, people get thrown off. Because they're like, they're like, what do you mean five, three and a half? I'm like, first off, short lives matter. So, I mean, I'm going to throw in that half. Vertically um, challenge. <laughs> vertically challenge. I'm like, yes. And I shoot all of my photos. Like, my husband shoots all of my photography up. So mm-hmm. I look taller and larger than life, but really- Oh, not- that's a secret? Oh, okay. Yes, it it's really is a secret. <laughs> like a lot of people don't understand, like when you shoot up, and I, I'm speaking from a, persp- a photographer perspective. I told y'all I have 10,000 jobs. So from, from like, you can even see it in the background. Hey, mom. <laughs> but when you shoot up, you give people the illusion of power and you give them height. When you shoot lower, you can actually give a psychological view of depression, small, um, emotionally fragile. You can, there's a lot of things that you can manipulate with the, the human eye that people just don't think about on a regular basis. But like during this year, um, it was August, actually, then it was July when, um, I found out, I remember the first, one of the first people I told that was pregnant was Myrna. We were going for a 14 mile, um, trail run. So she picks me up in the car and there's her friend, Nikki in there. And I'm like, um, so w- before we started to run, I was like, Hey, I think this something you should know. And she's like, what? And I'm like, um, my pregnancy test said uh, I'm pregnant. And she said, okay. Um, so we're going to go for this fucking run. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to go for this run. You know? Like, and that's literally, that was the entire conversation. Yeah. I just, the,
0: are we running or not? <laughs> right.
1: You know, and like the entire time, like I'm going, but like typically at that time I was fast, I was a faster pace than her. So like, you know, I'm slowing down or whatever. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, Oh my God. Like they had just told me that, um, like the doctor, my my gynecologist had just told me that I had 21 fibroids. Like that's major, um, mm-hmm. which would explain. And this is not it's not an excuse about me being fat because please no, this fat is this was earned fat, it's earned fat. This <laughs> um, is earned, all right. But um, but some of the the issues that anytime I lose weight, you can actually see on one side of my stomach that is actually larger than the other, and that comes from the fibroids. The fibroids were sitting on one side but they couldn't tell what was going on with me because so I'm like, listen, I'm going through hirsutism, which means that I, I can grow a 5 o'clock shadow. I can have a beard just like yours, all right? Um, <laughs> and Yo, I this, I, at-
0: I'm thinking I got a full beard. You say this is just a
1: 5 o'clock. I got to work <laughs> on my beard, man. <laughs> I
0: right. put my mask on,
1: yo. He's like, nah. He's like, he's like, you ain't gonna shame me in this. beat. listen, what you say? <laughs> just, I can't, read I can't I like, breathe, <laughs> man. I gotta get me one, but not nah, like um, I would legitimately like I would get air mm. underneath my chin. Um, I, I would get like I would get it on my chest. I, would, I was like, I'm like, what the hell's going on with me? I would go from feeling okay to feeling really unbalanced, I mean, it was like nothing. I'm like. I gotta go to a therapist. I'm like, I'm, I'm losing my damn mind, and it took for me to go through the miscarriage. I like, I told Martinez over dinner. Like, they they're more than just my friends, but they're my mentors. They're my tribe. They, I wholeheartedly, they're like the first first five that come to mind when I need to call somebody. I'm like, yo, I need somebody that's in the public eye that understands this shit. Um, to kind of go through the motions with me. And they will. And they listen to all my crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the person that talks the most out of all of them because they're like, yo, you can talk for four hours and be okay. You know? <laughs> we ain't got time for that. Wrap it up in 20. And I love mm-hmm. them for that because they'll check me on it. But um, I told Martinez about it. And as quick as I told people, I ended up doing the bed 5K. I miscarried that Sunday night. Um, I ended up going to the hospital and that's when they was like, oh, hey, you know, my husband was there. They wouldn't let my husband in the room. Mm-hmm. And this was at Methodist Hospital and it was weird. Um, they did the sonogram and it was just like, oh, okay. We heard the heartbeat. Mm-hmm. 134 beats per minute. Um, it's one of those things you just don't get out of your head. Um, and the lady was going to say congratulations. And then she walked out the room and I was like, okay, that's not good. Mm-hmm. Then a team of two came in, a team of four came mm-hmm. in and the team of seven in this tiny ass room, you know, this is not, you know, COVID style, um, you know, uh, six feet apart, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm just like, listen, um, I worked department of corrections medical before mm-hmm. when all these people are in a the room, there's something wrong. And I spoke with the doctor and he's like, have you ever heard of vanishing twins? And I'm like, excuse me. And he's like, uh, and everything else was just like, well, wah, 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 But what he was telling me was that I was carrying twins. And one of the babies were dissolving. So what I heard on the monitor was one healthy baby. Mm-hmm. And there goes my air quote again. One healthy baby and one baby that was leaving. Um, I was probably somewhere around, I don't know how many weeks, but I was further along than I thought. I thought maybe I was like six or seven weeks. And he's like, no, you're a little bit more than that. Um, he's like, go home, talk to your gynecologist, um, follow up. I think you'll be fine. Not even 24 hours later, I lost my second baby, mm. and um, a week later, uh, the same emergency room called me back, and they're like, "We need you to come into the office. They found a cyst um, on my ovaries," and I was just like, "Great, I got another cancer scare. Um, I'm not a stranger to that." Um, my heart goes out to all the chemotherapy warriors out there. It's a different, it's a different type of hell that people don't understand. Um, they diagnosed me with endometriosis and they said, Well, we gotta do an emergency surgery on you. And here I am, I'm so damn stupid in my head. I was like, um, but can I fit in my marathons? Cause I'm like, can we do this after the marathons? Because right now it's August and I'm in the middle of training. This was my way of processing. Mm-hmm. And there's like, um, he's like, Do you understand how severe this is? Like are you in pain all the time? And I'm like, I've been in pain for the last 20 years, but I've been told PCOS, PMDD. I've heard so many letters. You would think I'm like a STD, you know, case. I'm like, listen, I'm like, I've heard all these diagnoses. And then you keep telling me that something's not wrong. And then this is wrong. And this that's not wrong. I'm like, I'm starting to feel like a hypochondriac. because I don't believe anybody. And he's like, I need you to trust me that you need the surgery like ASAP. And I'm like, how soon? And he's like two days. Hmm. So a surgery that was supposed to be, is a scoppers procedure. Um, they make four little tiny incisions in you, but it's like right on your stomach. You can still see it on my stomach to this day. A 45-minute procedure took me about five hours. Um, by the time he was done, he's like, hey, you're at like stage three, stage four endometriosis. And I'm like, who? Um, it essentially means that I may not ever have another kid. Um, so when I was seeing all these jokes, not I'll, I'll jump back to 2017, but when I saw all these jokes in 2019 of me at the New York City Marathon and I started reading this stuff on the page and they're like, oh, she's showing people her menstrual pain. Honey, that's a endometriosis bleed through. That is what a first day looks like. Literally, there is no time to change out a pad. You can soak out a pad. I'm talking about an overnight pad in 20 minutes because what you saw were blood clots running down my leg during the whole damn marathon while trying to actually bring somebody to the finish line. So when people give me hell about, it takes you seven to eight hours to cross this and this, you have no idea how much pain I'm in when I'm training. You have no idea of how much pain mentally and physically. There's no heckler that's ever been as hardcore to me than myself. There's nothing out there that the internet can ever tell me that can make me feel bad because I've said worse things to myself in my sleep. Um, but yeah, so 2017, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make New York City Marathon, the 60K, um, and the Chicago Marathon. Those are going to be my last marathons. I'm going to wrap up this blog, Running Fat Chef. Thank you guys for sh- I'm showing up. Showing Thank up. you and good night. Mm-hmm. And this guy heckles me at the 21st and 22nd mile of the New York City Marathon. White dude, tall, balding white guy. Oh, please. I had people on the internet. She's a racist. I'm like, it's a descriptor, just like the way that you describe black people all the time. Tall, balding white man mm-hmm. that was standing on the sidelines, wasn't running the race. And he said, it's going to take your fat ass forever. Um, I did not think those think those would be the words that would make me famous. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you don't want something, like, like, you know, like people get like people go viral off of the smallest of things. And I'm just like, great. I'm going viral off of being heckled at a marathon. Like, that's not a good feeling. Like, mm-hmm. people are always going to attach me for the rest of my life to, that's that fat bitch that got heckled during the marathon. Like, you know, like, that's not a good feeling. Like, you know, like, like you know, like, here she was, struggle running, mm-hmm. and she had a smile on of her face until a dude came over, and then people wanted to nitpick the fact that I wanted to fight this dude. Like, I literally was like, I'm, I'm a Brooklyn girl. I'm a best <laughs> guy, you know, East New York, Crown uh, Heights. Did you did you run up on him? Or, or yeah, you, I ran you, up on his uh, ass. Uh, I was like, uh, <laughs> It's like the I thought you kept running. it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know, I know the way I wrote it for the root. I mean, it's 800 words. There's only but so much you could put okay. in there. When I wrote the initial article, I had to wrap it up, the 800 words, unlike my very long-winded ways. Um, when it happened, it's like a delayed response. And I'm like, did he just say what I think he said? Like, you, you can have this narrative in your head of, if that was me, I would have uh-huh. did this until it's you. And I was like, no, he couldn't be talking about it. But I looked around. I'm like, ain't no other fat bitches walking around and running around me. I'm like, it's just me. So I was like, what the hell did you say? And he got indignant and he slowed it down. He said, I said, it's going to take your fat ass forever. And I lost it. Like, So here I am, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth it took for two white women to actually run and they saw the situation. All the rest of the runners like, you know, let them argue. This is New York, you know, um, know, like, like if she hit him, if he dies, he dies, you know, like whatever, (laughs) Like, you know, these are typical New Yorkers, but like it was two um, women, it was two other runners. And I remember one of them was in the skirt. I wish I actually got the name. I I, I wholeheartedly want to say thank you to them, but um, they saw me and they're like, ma'am, like, it's not worth it. They're like, you're so close to the finish line. And I'm like, no, I'm like, it, it, I could be by the finish line and still knock this man out. And they're like, Wonder white woman, super progressive. She pointed to my skin. This narrative is not going to look good. Yeah. I had to keep moving, but it's, it would be nice and beautiful to say, oh yeah, I just kind of said, yeah, fuck them. No, I was mad. I was speed walking. I'm like, fuck them, man. I'm like, I can't <laughs> believe this. And I remember seeing James Ravenel and another, another runner, um, God, mm-hmm. what is his name? He escapes me. He saw me at Mile 23 and he's like, yo, he's like, what up chef? And I'm like, man, I'm mad. You know, so I was over here angry messaging on Facebook. I'm like the nerve of this man, like the post, the post is still up there to this day, but like, the nerve of this man, I'm, I'm talking shit online. I'm like, that motherfucker, like, all the, key, the keyboard gangster was out. Like, just mm-hmm. full rage, Like, like full <laughs> rage. Like, you know, like, I can't believe this. Like, and I'm speed walking now because you can't get it off your head. And, you know, I remember James and, and like, you know, and they, they just did this looking at me and they're like, come on, man. Like, you you're right there. I know it hurts. Just let it go. And I'm like, I ain't hurt, you know, because
0: Shout friend. out to James, because you, you could have had a different friend, yo. We ain't got to take that, yo. Go
1: get yo, it. Let him know. <laughs> listen, because a couple of people was like, yo, because I had my friends out there in the course, and they're like, yo, you want to roll back up? I'm like, you know, we can handle this. Like, we can finish the race and just kind of go back over there and look for him. I'm like, nah, it's not worth it. But I didn't know a story was being written. So I wrote about it on my blog. And somehow I ended up getting this email from The Root. I thought it was a joke. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the, it was a person that wrote me. And she's like, oh, I'm a supermodel. And I was like, okay. I'm like, what heckler is, because like, I had hecklers at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, what heckler wrote me from a random email? And it turned out to be Veronica Webb, old mm. school supermodel, black woman. Um, and they were running this new column called The Glow Up. So I'm like, I can't find anything here. There's no articles about it. How do I know it's not a gimmick? Just like, listen, we'll pay you. Oh, so like, now you speak in my language. Oh, you're gonna pay me to write? Cool. I'm, I'm not a professional writer, but you know, like, let's let's do this. I'm like, I, I did open mics, you know, mm-hmm. like, so I could, you know, I could type up 800 words about how I felt. And I remember writing it, and I had my husband on my side <laughs> before the office looked like this. And I was like, Is this article too angry? So he read it, and he's like, I'll let you know how I feel. He pressed the send button. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what's your problem? (laughs)
0: I'll let you know how I feel. (laughs) Before or after you press send.
1: (laughs) Right. I'm I'm like, why would you do that? And he's like, you know, let me tell you something about a man. He's like, the difference between men and women, and he's like, and I'm sorry to say this, but the difference between men and women, I'm paraphrasing my husband, is that men, we don't question a lot of what we do, but women will underestimate themselves every time. He's like, send the damn email. And he's like, if they don't like what they like, then maybe it's not for you. And if it wasn't for my husband, I don't know if I would have been that transparent or been that comfortable with that story being out there because he saw something in that story Mm -hmm. that I couldn't see. And a lot of my friends were like, "Yo, like, I mean, if I didn't, if I, if it wasn't for friends telling me like, yo, um, Instagram is not a diary. You really need to get a blog. Um, I wouldn't even have the website. It literally took for other people to believe in myself and believe in me, which is why I call myself a recovering self-defeatist. Um, I'm like the last person in the room that believes in myself. Not so much these days, but before it was more like I was one of those people I would have opportunities and I would sabotage myself because I'm like, it feels better if I stop it before someone else takes it from me. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time that I allowed myself to fail and secede publicly. Um, and I didn't want any parts of this world. Like if you, if you listen to older interviews from me, like in 2017, 2018, you will hear a person that will tell you, I am not your superhero. I do not want to be your role model. Um, I am not looking for you to, you know, call me like, you know, some, like, you know, it's like some inspiring person. I hated the word inspiring um anytime people mention it in interviews I would cringe I'm like oh my god I'm like now you're gonna tell me that your kids are watching this I'm like I curse (laughs) like hell I am not no kids role model and I realized after a while and that was around the time that Hopa reached out to me initially because I said no like a like a whole year I was like I don't think so and it's like you know we love to you know help you with your journey and I was rambling off something from Myrna Valerio's book. Cause it was before it actually got published. She asked me to be one of the first readers. And she's like, listen, um, I'm sensitive about my shit. Be honest, but don't be that blunt. And I remember writing <laughs> her that night. And I was like, why would you sign up for a hundred K? You must be out of your mind. Why would you ever in life do anything like this? And she's just like, because I can, you know, like she like, Myrna knows who she is. Like mm-hmm. If she has like a a bone in her body where she's insecure, you just won't, you will be the last person to know. Like she's just, she's a a visionary. And I I love that about her. She's big sister to me. She's big sis. When I need somebody to kind of check me and rough me up, like she won't beat my ass, but she'll like emotionally say, get it together. If it wasn't for people like that to see things in me and to push me and dare me to be more than just a minimal I don't know if I can actually say that this conversation between the two of us would be happening because she's like, you got all the tools, you've been talking about it, but you like telling the stories, you like living the experiences, but just like you're scared to actually benefit from the beauty that comes from it. And I'm like, when you elevate people, it's almost like this pressure of what's next? How can I top that? How can I be better than yesterday? And the reality of it is just from the act of you waking up is inspiring. Because there's somebody out there who's not, yeah. you know. So write your story, you know. <laughs> like, write so write
0: when, your damn story. But I, when I seen, started seeing the, um, just the, you know, the comments online. It's like, yo, what, what happened? Like, what? Where was this shift? Because I remember, like, I tell people, you know, my mom's, a mom struggled with her weight her entire life. my, my, right. my sister, who got me into running this fact she struggled with her weight you know for two years i kept putting off the emails putting off the emails so when i see this i remember how people looked at my mother when i'd get on the bus you know after standing yeah. outside and she wants to make sure i'm okay and she'll go lick her finger make white like don't do that you know as the thing is coming in to get the get the call out that. my eye but i, I would that. see people look at her like like she was going to take up four seats and somehow, or another the fat or something was going to rub off on them, and they just couldn't stand to be near her. So yeah. seeing seeing you in, in, in the public, I'm like, what, what's wrong? Like, why are you mad? Then, this, this became like what? This is like my question: like, why why are you mad? Like, I don't understand why you're
1: mad. You know, uh, people. <laughs> the, the thing is it's not, you know, when I when I think back to those comments, because I, I saw a lot of them. Um, I saw a lot more than I should have entertained. And I, I responded back to a lot of people who didn't even deserve the energy um that I was giving them. I don't think they earned any part of me for me to even give them a response. Like I don't consider myself base status, but like, yo, I could have completely like did a Beyonce and like, okay, like mm, <laughs> uh I'm not acknowledging that shit. <laughs> no peasant, go away. You know, like I could I could have done that, but I was It enraged me to hear things like turn the other cheek, Um, ignore the haters. I think that uh, I think that that's something that that was that's a language that I feel is super dismissive. My mom, plus size woman, my sister, um, she has lupus. She's had lupus since she was 11 years old, um, maybe even nine, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember seeing the way people like the same way that you describe how people would look at your mom was the same way when people looked at my little sister when she was nine years old, when, the hair, when her hair started um, leaving after Citoxin, um And people would look at her and ask her, like, they would ask, like, oh my God, disturbing things. Are you going through cancer? Are you going through chemo? Do you have mm-hmm. eggs? Like, wow. is it going to be like, I mean, the comments, and I'm, to, I'm not talking about kids. I'm talking about grown ass adults that would do things like this. So when I looked at my body, especially when I started gaining weight, the weight back. And like, right now I'm like damn near close to what my max weight is. Um, it's just that people accept it and embrace it a lot more because they're like, Oh yeah, you know, but you muscular, you're not fat. And I'm like, no baby. Like if a person tells you they 258 pounds and they five foot three, no baby I'm fat and I own it. I own, you know, the weight that I have. But what I feel like bothered some people was one, I wasn't the, the polished black woman. Um, there, there's a certain standard. Like uh, one of the comments that stuck out to me, um, and I won't mention this dude's name, but um, fuck him. I'm, I'm I don't care. Um, he was just like, "You're an embarrassment to black people everywhere." And I was like, "Well, um, hmm. and what I wish that I would have responded to him is." I can't represent all Black people. Just like I cannot represent all women, I cannot represent all fat people, I represent myself.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, to put that pressure onto someone in the public eye is unfair. Um, it's like, like, well, I believed in you. Just had Tyra moment. I believed in you and this, this, and this. No, let's throw all that garbage out the window. Yeah. Let, let's address your problems with me. Your problem with me, while you're saying this with your mouth, you really mean this. So when I hear somebody saying, well, you can't be this ghetto on a platform like this, what you're really saying to me is, well, I've been polished all my damn life and I worked hard at what I did. And here you go, being yourself, and you became viral and famous for it. I didn't ask for this. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very honest. And I and this is not me saying that I don't like the exposure I have right now. Like I'm grateful for it. I'm glad I gave it a chance. But a lot of the commentary, if you read you the comments, it is more than just F the haters. It's more yeah. like. People who feel like they've done everything right and according to the book. Mm -hmm. And I learned the rules just to break them. So it's like, how did this rebel get sponsored, you know, by different organizations, reputable um, organizations, particularly white organizations with that gutter ass mouth being plus size, which is something that people look at as a gimmick. They're like, oh, well, you know, um, it's trending right now, but what's going to happen if you lose some weight? Like the the comment I get the most is what happens if you lose weight? Because people can see my whole fluctuation over the years where I've lost weight, gained weight, lost Mm -hmm. weight, gained weight, whatever. Like it's not intentional. Some of the stuff is medically associated and some things it's just, I like to eat. You know, um, and if I eat enough, I actually lose weight. That's a different conversation. Um, I realize some people—it's not that they had a problem with a fat person; they had a problem with me being me, being vocal, being blunt. Because it's one thing for me to throw out a joke, and I make a joke about somebody else, or I go and I, you know, I go toe to toe with a heckler. But when that heckler turns out to look like you, and now you think that I won't give you that same energy. Now you expect me to be the bigger person? Like this one particular guy, friend requested me. Um, I didn't know he was dogging me out for months. Um, And then all of a sudden, one day I happened to, I think I canceled like a a trip. I was supposed to go somewhere. And I was like, oh, let me go on Facebook like an average person. Like instead of just doing these one-liners, drop on there and leave off. Because people instantly think I see every status in the world. I'm like, I got 3,000 plus friends on here. Plus I'm managing other things and I'm a freelancer. And I just kept seeing the post and something just took me down a rabbit hole. And I'm like, whoa, I'm like, it seems like he's talking to me. I'm like, is he shading me? And I'm like, I'm like, that's a bitch move. I'm like, okay. I'm like, and at this point, I remember the first heckling in 2019 really picked up with that, um, I don't like saying his name. (laughs) We're going to call him Luke. Okay. We're going to call him Luke. That dude, Luke. Targeted me Luke? through his weapon. Okay. <laughs> that dude Luke targeted me. I don't know. I don't dress. I don't dress people that the scumbags like that. I'm just going to put it out there like that. Um, I think that that gives them too much coverage. That dude Luke. Um, when I when I came out as a Hoka One One um global athlete ambassador, um because Hoka was fixated, they was like, stop calling yourself an ambassador. You're an athlete. Cause because I kept saying everything like, oh yeah, I'm I'm athlete. I'm, I'm athletic, but I'm not an athlete, and they're like. We, we wouldn't pick you up for this program if you wasn't an athlete. So I I needed to hear that from someone. And it gave me, it gave me confidence that I didn't, that I was still struggling with with the eating disorder, whatever. Um, I think the Huffington Post article came out where I had flipped off them. I gave them, flipped off the bird. Um, One of my followers had took his own life. We were talking back and forth for a year. He stopped writing, um, took his life. and. It messed me up. And then somebody took my video, took one of my workout videos, and was like, if this girl can do push-ups and pull-ups and this and this, why is she still fat? Ha, ha, ha. The person had about 60,000, 70,000 followers. So I'm like, this ain't somebody that has 200, 300 followers. I'm like, you have a huge account. And what pissed me off, it was a, it was a person of color.
0: Mm.
1: So I'm like, I already get targeted by white people all day long. I don't need it in my community. That started the rabbit hole of how I got into the Huffington Post and the article I wrote was I'm running 10 marathons and I'm still getting fat shamed. From that, some people interpret it as all she has is narratives about being the victim. If you think that I'm writing these articles to be the victim, then you really lost the entire message. This is about me being open and honest about my journey. And if you don't like the way that my journey is working out for you, then you can go kick rocks. There are several other people out there. Or if you feel like you deserve that platform, you're not going to take my space. That's for one. I'm me. I'm who I am. But mm-hmm. there is more. I hate this, this term, seat at the table. If, you don't, if, it's, if there's not enough seats at the table, build your own damn table.